Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, happy Friday. We hope you enjoyed the last podcast. Very different, but we were excited to get some of the people from the Utah Pilgrimage just joining us to talk about how much fun it was because it was crazy fun. We're still coming off a high, especially the track day on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Lux Automotive and Cars for Kids Utah, Cars for Kids Foundation. They partnered up and held a Monday morning track day. So when somebody says you have a case the Mondays, I guess that's what we had. We did okay. We had a good Monday. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, we had to pinch ourselves, but we were out there on track and Mm -hmm. I kind of fell back in love with my. Cayman because the PDK is so good on track because you'd fallen out of love with it so far. Not, not yeah, that I'd uh-huh. fallen out of love. Yeah. And that's, well, maybe that's the wrong thing to say, but nevertheless, <laughs> it was a joyous time. So if you've been thinking about track time whatsoever, the whole point is find a group, find an event, find yeah. an HPDE yeah. and go with the group and start to get to know your car, go with an instructor, have somebody mm-hmm. start to you know, unravel your driving habits. I had an instructor you, sit in with me yeah, as, that I had a I. wonderfully humbling experience. It was great. We, we got done with a couple of laps that he said to me, so what would you tell you? And I was like, oh man. <laughs> oh, the psychological and, approach. And then, uh, and then I told him the things I thought I was doing wrong and he went, yep. <laughs> so did he get okay. out at that point? No. Oh, okay. No. And then he elaborated on the things okay. I had already brought, brought up. <laughs> but he pretty much just nailed, he was like, yep, that's exactly what you're doing wrong. And you got to fix this and you got to fix this. And, and then he swapped and showed me the line because I was close, but not good enough for him, which yeah. is fully, fully appropriate. Please don't get me wrong. I deserve it. I deserve <laughs> I to be beat on and be better. For I sure. did a couple of laps with him. He was silent the whole time. And then he got out and we swapped and I had never had yeah. any, you know, pro driver in the Cayman for and he kept saying, you need to be down here where the grip is. Yeah. He said that to me a couple times, too. He's <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, your line is there's here. There's the grip. Yeah, for sure. I was nursing some tires because I have a bad alignment, and you know the tires were feathered. So I was just going, all right, no need. And he was just thrash-a-palooza. Yeah. And it was great. But yeah, yeah lots of learning. But that's the thing I love. We're always sure. constantly Absolutely. learning. Never do I want to get to the place where I know it all. Come over here to the mountain of knowledge. Yes. because No. <laughs> I don't ever want to get there. There's always something to learn from somebody else, which is fantastic. So, guys, we hope you get a chance to consider the Utah pilgrimage for 2022 Mm -hmm. because everybody who went on the trip said – Next year, you guys are planning, right? We're hoping so. And also, of course, we're planning for pilgrimage, the real one. The European one has got to come back in 2022 yeah. as well. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching for it now. I'm saying that it's going to happen. I'm just going to put a, put a stake in the ground and say we're going back to Europe next year. So we're going to do two really cool trips, and you guys got to come on one. Season 9 TV is also complete. It's coming soon to streaming. We couldn't do it without our TV sponsors. And you've heard us say their names before, yeah. but we couldn't do it without them. Haggerty, Griot's Garage, Covercraft, and the code autotempest.com. It's the, well, it's URL. It's slash every day. So autotempest.com slash every day. When you're looking for your drive homework, and with Griot's, you can use the code eDriver for 15% off liquids, 10% off everything else. And you've heard Everyday21 for the Covercraft code. Sunscreens and car covers, they're custom fit. They're excellent. We're big fans of Haggerty, and you've heard us talk about Haggerty, but I don't think we've mentioned this new offering they announced late last year, Garage and Social. It's like a big, fun clubhouse for car lovers. Each physical location offers climate-controlled storage, complete vehicle maintenance and service, plus tons of events and experiences exclusively for their members. You don't even have to own a car to be part of this club. They've got social memberships available that give people all the perks without the storage. 
There are many locations already, Chicago, New York, Delray Beach in Florida, and Miami too. And they're not slowing down either. They're announcing new locations all the time. We're just waiting for the announcement that they're opening a Park City location, hopefully soon. Learn more about this exclusive car club and storage facility at garageandsocial.com. These two car debates here are interesting and, and cool. And have the GTI connectivity. I saw that Did as you well. see that? Did you pick oh, yeah. up on that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, get, excellent. You, you are a man with a plan. I like uh, it. Well, I try sometimes. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it all comes together. Nicole J is writing to us from Maine on behalf of her brother who wants to get away from the GTI image. Mm-hmm. And then after that debate, we've also got Cam W. He's in Vancouver, BC, who wants a car to scare him. I can't wait to discuss, but let's go with Nicole's email who writes to us. She's been an avid watcher on YouTube and listener to the podcast since the episodes were in the three hundreds. That's a while ago. She's right. That has been a while. She's writing as she lives with her brother, Kevin, who has been hit by the disease and just wanting to get out of his current car, which is a bright red 2018 Volkswagen GTI. He got it as his first car, but after two plus years of ownership, he's getting tired of it, hmm. especially with the stereotypical image that comes with owning it. By the way, does anybody want to buy Kevin's GTI? Yeah, he's got a really nice two-year-old red one. Yeah, if you like Please that, write to us. It is. Yeah. Kevin has some local Subaru WRX drivers <laughs> trying to race him. Is there some rivalry he is unaware of? Kevin, by the way, hi, you're listening now. There is a rivalry, just so you know. Super there is. WX and, and GTI, there is one. Throughout the years Welcome. of all yeah. kinds of cars, but mm-hmm. there is a big one with that. Well, Nicole says, after seeing a certain demographic, driving around in modified GTIs, it has him groaning in despair. <laughs> And it gets worse because he happens to work at a BMW dealership, so he also has to go to the office in his GTI and park his Volkswagen at the BMW dealership and have everybody there be like, why are you driving that again? You know he's hearing that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's made worse because when Nicole bought the red Alpha Julia this earlier this year with the help of that three-car comparison video called Blue Cars, mm-hmm. it cemented what she wanted from her car. Good. But it's Garhila Seft after just being unique and providing a league better driving experience. Mm. Despite having a few more years of warranty available for his GTI, good news, everybody, the GTI comes with a nice warranty. Yes, at that point, it was the sixth year, so bravo on that, yeah. He's tempted into selling it while the market is currently hot. <laughs> then he won't have a car and has to buy one. That's the flip side. <laughs> that's the problem, but anyway. That's just it. Well, the car was everything he wanted for his commute. It's no more than 20 minutes, but he has to deal with a lot of drivers on the highway okay. during the morning, morning commute. So he has no passion for it. And with a coworker recently buying another GTI and parking it next to him, <laughs> as owners do, you of find course. you find yeah, your crew. Of course, yeah, there's the crew, but that, but they're the Volkswagen guys at the BMW dealership. Exactly. We're just adding to the reasons that Kevin's like. I think it's time for this car to go. He says the other GTI owners asking so many questions about the car, especially the modding scene, which Kevin is not even a part of. He says. It's ruining the GTI. Nicole says, Interesting. for the wow. last few months, he's just ruined. Now, his car history has been in the span of several years. Mm-hmm. Nearly all of these were bought used, so he didn't have much option for colors. But Nicole starts each line item with the color. She does, yes. They all happen to be silver. Mm-hmm. Every one of them was silver. Bravo to you, by the way, Kevin, for buying a red GTI after a string of silver cars. Kevin's had a silver 2004 Mazda 6 wagon. He ran into O2 sensor issues, so he got rid of it. <laughs> He's had a silver 2001 Lexus GS300 L-tuned, loved the car, regrets selling it, but wanted to move on to something different. Like it. Fair enough. A silver 2001 Jeep Cherokee 60th anniversary in that overlanding phase that he went through and 
I had to sell it to get the next car. Apparently, we all go through an overlanding phase, and that was his. <laughs> I still need to feed that. Yeah, we have we haven't done that yet here, but but here here's how what's crazy about it. We are even talking about it, just the, having an overlanding phase. The across. Yeah, there you go. Super Terrifying. Brat. He's also had the silver 2002 Lexus IS 300 Sport Cross. Very cool. Which was his pride and joy for the longest time, but he had to get rid of it since he didn't feel like he can maintain it when it started failing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that brings us to the aforementioned red GTI. Nicole says, they live in Maine, so the winters can be harsh, but he does have winter tires for Good. his GTI. Good. For his next car, he's just wanting something unique, like his previous used cars and her, Julia, mm-hmm. while also maintaining some sort of hatch as he does photography as his side gig and brings quite a bit of equipment. Okay. Some extra power and maneuverability would help. He has to deal with a large amount of other drivers during his commute. Decent fuel mileage would be good when he wants to travel out of state for you know any mm-hmm. customer yeah. or client yeah, yeah. he does photography for. He'd like something with a quieter ride than the GTI, as the Bridgestones make so much noise on the highway. Yes. When he sells the GTI... We're up against a budget of forty thousand dollars, a hard forty grand, and a car, not a CUV or an SUV, with rear wheel, rear drive biased all wheel drive, mm-hmm. and Android Auto are high on the priority list. Four doors are nice, as he brings friends on occasion. He's tried a few other cars, but there's certain ones he lusts after. Here he's got go. a good list here. He's he's driven the 2021 BMW M240xi. Again, he works at a BMW dealership. He's thinking, hey, with the XI, I can get all wheel drive. He likes it, but he's concerned about the fact that it does feel a little smaller compared to his GTI, and I can see that. I just kind of wonder about, can't you make that work? I mean, yeah, the hatch is awesome because you open the hatch and you toss gear inside, but look, I've gone grocery shopping in a Lotus Elise. You can get things done. You can put stuff in cars. Not a that lot don't, of groceries, not but a lot, nevertheless. But I have done it. Yeah, I've carried camera gear in the Lotus Elise. It's just it's I don't true. have a passenger just when that happens. not a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that made him look at the 2018 Jaguar XF Sport Brake. He thinks it's really, really cool, but there's no Android Auto. And he's sitting here going, hmm, will this be reliable? And then, of course, you have a question about driving a Jaguar to the BMW dealership. I wonder about that. (laughs) There's the brand-new Lexus IS350 rear-wheel drive. He loves the blue, but he hates the fact that in all-wheel drive, it actually pokes into your leg space. The Lexus lumps. Yes, we've we've yelled about it, and it does actually – it's inexplicable, honestly, that the all-wheel drive is that way. He also really likes the Kia Stinger. He thinks it would be better for him than the Jaguar XF because reliability. He could get a good deal on it, but, of course, he has had um, some poor experience with a Hyundai Kia dealer, so he's concerned about that reality as well. Well, Nicole says he's a massive petrol head, so this list of cars will probably change in a week of what he wants. By the time she wrote this, it probably changed, yeah. I'm sure it's changed two or three times, but if we both have any cars out of left field he should look for, and he does have a soft spot for the Isuzu Via Cross. <laughs> what? Good for you. Good for you, Kevin. Uh, however, <laughs> I good. don't think that's good for this situation. <laughs> but I like them too, man. They're cool. Nicole says, thanks again for recommending that. Julia, she's having a whale of a time with it. I'm glad. Especially through, the, through those mountain back roads in Maine that she goes hunting for during the weekends. I love that. But her buying that car has kick-started Kevin's envy and desire to get a car, especially driving her, Julia, to the dealer to get it clean and inspected. Yes. Quick note, Kevin, about the GTI versus WRX rivalry. I've tried to think what could cause this, despite the forums and especially Reddit you know, going off about them. In any rivalry, especially this one, traffic just gets to people. You mentioned you have a sure. lot of traffic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and this is the outlet when people want to race you. 
everybody's been sitting in traffic and doing nothing with their mm-hmm. car. And hey, there's a kind of similar priced, I think I can beat it kind of yeah. car. Doesn't matter which side of the coin you're on. Yeah. There's the tuning crowd and this mysterious claim of better. Oh, I yeah. ordered part A <laughs> and that made my car better. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? By what metric was it better? Can you quantify the better? Exactly. Yeah. You spent more money and you got a shiny new part. You can and, claim and that. The dyno number might be better, but is that better? We don't know. Kevin, I want you to get a car that isn't part of a rivalry, or we'll say anything major, a major Mm. rivalry, and give you some ammo for defending that new choice. And part of that tuning thing is nobody thinks about what they want that car to do. I I say nobody, but it's a generalization. There's many autocrossers who know exactly what they want to do, or road racers and track people. But many times, parts are bought based on you're, you're scrolling your favorite enthusiast site, and everybody's getting the new part, or it's on sale. It's the stage one pack. Yes. I need to go stage one, which is made up For by what somebody. Reason? Yeah. It's just stage one, and that's stage one of the, the amount of money we're going to pull out of your wallet. <laughs> the compilation groups that we sell, stage one, stage two, stage three. I'm going to go stage two and a half. <laughs> well, I have a couple of cars that will kind of do what you want. A wild card and then a really crazy wild card. With a proper tire strategy, which is what you have accomplished with your current GTI, I am going to suggest the new GR86 with a healthy budget of $40,000. Those are easily within range. They can't take friends, but you can take a fair amount of gear. Yes, true. That car is still in the tuning crowd, and the new one will certainly be. Mm -hmm. But there's not this, you know, Coke versus Pepsi kind of. You know, we're on both sides of the fence. It's still a car that will, you know, make make people think, hey, you got a good car. We tuned it up. Awesome. Yeah. I want you to consider the Mazda 3 Turbo because with thirty one to $35,000 in your pocket, you can go get one brand yep. new. Yep. I know it's front-wheel drive, base-all-wheel drive, and I know it's an automatic. But both of those things don't matter because of how much fun it is to drive. It's excellent. And it's a better all-wheel drive system than the one in the Golf R. I'm putting it out there. Very true. We drove that against the Golf R. We did. And it's so excellent. And with mm-hmm. the right tires, it does so many things well. I think you would really like that. And it it might push you just past your requirements. It doesn't fully check all the boxes for you. My wild card, though, for you, since you mentioned Jaguar, I like the sport brake idea, but you mentioned, Nicole, in your email that you said that sport brake is for sale at a Hyundai dealership. So it kind of feels weird, even though you do have a Jag dealership to go get it serviced. But if you're looking at Jags and you want something unique, and this is not part of any rivalry whatsoever, a 2016 Jaguar F-Type S with all-wheel drive, all of them are just a hair under 45,000. I know you have a hard stop at 40. But you mentioned Jaguar, mm-hmm. and for just a few thousand dollars more, it's no money. <laughs> it's no money, yes. You could get an F-Type okay. with all-wheel drive. Mm. Hi. Yeah. That's a different car. That's a very different day, yes, for sure. And so my crazy wild card for you that brings us there is an 07 Audi RS4 sedan with a manual. Oh, wow. All-wheel drive, V8, plenty Those of space. really cool. The problem is that the really nice ones are above fifty to sixty thousand dollars. I even found one for seventy four thousand and went, "What?" And those V eights have uh, how do I put this kindly? Known issues. They're solvable issues, but they have known issues. That's the that issue V8. because it's awesome though. All of the the not so great ones are 
kind of beat down that mm-hmm. might be under that budget. But maybe you could find one with forty to 50,000 miles on it. If you look hard, it is that still that kind of Audi magic. Mm-hmm. And that might be interesting. You could look at the 2011 S4, which also comes in the manual, a little bit less of a scary reliability kind of issues. Sure. It's not yeah. the V8. That's the secondary. That's a little bit more reasonable suggestion in there, but it's a decade old. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely under your your forty thousand dollar price cap, but brand new. The Mazda three, the the turbo. Mm-hmm. There's no rivalry for that for anything. Yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. like you found some secret car that nobody knows about, and you're having a great time, and nobody can tell. That's great. That's really good stuff. I got a few things for you, Kevin, and some of them overlap with the great stuff that Paul mentioned. Uh, the XF Sport Brake is fascinating because it's such a unique choice. I, I don't know that it's the right choice, though. I'm, I, it's I, unique, and it's not part of any rivalry. Absolutely. I'm concerned about, you know, what is that going to be like as your only car? Are, what's it going to be like driving that to the BMW dealer? I wonder about that one. I do think it's very cool. I really like the Stinger option, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up this, Kevin. All the cases you have for photography, they will sit on back seats. You can open up rear doors and put them on back seats. You don't have mm-hmm. to have a hatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know the hatch has been helpful, but I want to broaden your horizon a little bit and, and think sedans. Think about the fact that your sister has that Julia. If you're intrigued with the Stinger, what you want is the Genesis G70. Because now one. you and your sister are going to trade cars because you just want to today. It's the second car in the blue car video. Yes, I, I think yeah. the Genesis G70 is the one you want because it isn't as big as the Stinger. It doesn't have the hatch, but it's more agile. I think it's better to drive. I think it actually feels more luxurious inside as well. Mm-hmm. Forty grand in your pocket, go get a go get yourself a G70. Now you could get a deal on a Stinger. That would be awesome. The all-wheel drive GT2 Stinger is fantastic. They really are. But we've got a friend here that bought one on our recommendation, and he won't stop talking about how thrilled he is. Great. Robin loves that car, yeah. and you see it banging around all winter. He hoons that thing with winter tires because it's bomb-proof. So the Stinger's cool, but you need to drive the Genesis G70. The BMW guy in you and the fact that you work for the BMW dealer and they could find you a deal has me go here. Don't get the M240XI. Get an early M2 and put winter tires on it and enjoy yourself. Interesting. Just, so it would be used, yes, certainly, get, but for forty grand, Get a used M2. Why not? Now get that's that with intriguing. manual transmission, rear-wheel drive, really good winter tires. I think you would love that car all the time, and you're taking it to a BMW dealer. Have them source you one. Use yeah, your connections to be able to like don't. Do, I mean, look, the M240XI, yes, solid choice. But if you're going to not have a hatch and you're going to be on that platform, just go straight for the M2 with the manual and be a very happy man. I have a wild card mm, for mm. me, but it's directly into your recommendations. And that is, Kevin, you do need to look at the Mazda 3 turbo all-wheel drive hatch it's good it's because so good that is the alt to what you're dealing with with gti and wrx it's the alt that nobody's going to try to race there's no stigma there's, to it because there's no, it's the tuner scene you mentioned earlier yeah the gti and the wrx have a tuner scene that is massive i mean list off your companies that are your companies and the stickers on the side right. and i have their stuff exactly. okay who has a huge tuning company that we all have heard the name of for the Mazda 3 all-wheel drive hatch turbo? Doesn't exist. I mean, yes, there's stuff out there. There's but you stuff out my there, point. for sure. It's just not a known, oh, you're going to tune your, your Mazda 3? 
No. I bought the Turbo, and it's <laughs> yeah. excellent. So I do think that's a little bit of a wild card because it's close to where you are now, but it has none of the stigma. It's less than your budget. It's a really genuinely very good all-wheel drive system, despite it being front-wheel biased. I think that is a fantastic wild card, but a very good consideration. You know, I like that you mentioned the elephant in the room. He works at a BMW dealership. Let's yeah. take advantage as yes. much as you can to yes. see if there is something that intrigues you, and it does, which I like, but... I do like the fact you driving up in something else. I still like you being the outlier. I there's one thing that that's I thought you and of, I, yeah, and that is, are you not a team player if you don't drive a BMW and you work there? Good question. Are you considered by your boss and by all your fellow coworkers? Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin's not really a team player because he's not really buying into the brand and he hasn't really bought any product and he's not engaging here. If that hurts you or you perceive that might hurt you in any way, go get that M240 or the M2. Mm-hmm. Do it. And you'll love it. And everybody will be like, finally. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Put their arms around you. And you know, you're know you <laughs> on the inside. You're the in crowd. Raises for everybody. It, well, it, it does exist. <laughs> there is that element as an unspoken thing, even sure. though people are pretty cool. But will it? actually develop friendships and relationships at work further. Will I, it help? I hate it's a good to say question. that, yeah. but it might. So if that's the case and you think it would, definitely ask them, you know, hey, I'm here. What can you guys do for me? If you've got a debate like Nicole and Tem- Nicole on her on behalf of her brother, yes, Kevin. Yes, for sure. I love that. Please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for your car debate. And also, we're still accepting Topic Tuesdays. We love your Topic Tuesday yeah. ideas and also your car conclusions because people like to know that other people bought stuff and actually went through with it and bought different choices. So that's what we're looking for as well. Summertime's here and that means it is car wash season. And my friend Paul tells me I'm always supposed to wash a car in a cool shady spot. I don't always do that well, but I do use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer, or actually I use the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You have to use this. It's awesome. If you're a person like me who's not good at this, it makes it far easier. You create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway with little to no work, which I really like. You avoid wash-induced scratches. It is the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's also has a full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash and Coat, and 3-in-1 Wax. All Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Cam writes to us from Vancouver, B.C., with the title of the email says, A Car to Scare Me. <laughs> that could go very wrong, but I do like the start. <laughs> this is quite an email, but let's just get right to it. A Car to Scare You is wearing a Maserati badge or a Triumph badge <laughs> or maybe something from Fiat, maybe Alfa Romeo. You get the idea. Someone's broken down Range Rover. You're going to get working next week, I promise. Ooh, how about MG? I'm scared. <laughs> just owning the car. The thought of starting it scares you. Yeah, well, Cam, thanks very much for writing. He's a longtime viewer, listener, and first debate writer. He's all over the place in what he actually wants. He's been driving obsessed since he was about 13 years old, never got into car trivia. He just wants to drive everything, which is great. His wife is growing less patient with his need for constant change. (laughs) Huh. Less patient. He's owned 25 cars. Actually put, by the way, Cam. (laughs) That was delicate. She's now listening, and she is looking at you and and, and nodding about just how less patient she's become. Yeah. Well, here's the measurement. He's owned 25 cars since she's known him. She's on her third. Yeah. 
There's a lot of change going on there. Wow. Okay, good. <laughs> he really wants to own an internal combustion engine car that is fast enough to scare him. Okay. He commutes 50 miles round trip to work in mostly straight lines, down city streets, no commute options for twisty roads. He's liked autocross, but the local situation is fairly anti-car. He says track days are things he wants to do, but since he's had the budget to do it, he hasn't had the car. Okay. The GTI was broken. Now there's COVID involved. Yeah. He prefers rear-wheel drive, and his first 15 years of driving was that way. So all of his instinctive reactions to driving responds to rear-wheel drive. He mentions here, he says he does not understand how giving more throttle can ever make a car straighten out. He said that's not how it's supposed to work. (laughs) Well, he also prefers manual. Cam's willing to try auto one more time if it's good and higher Mm -hmm. power, and I'm sure everybody listening is screaming, Hellcat, go get yourself a Hellcat. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Heart suspension is okay. Wind noise would be nice to minimize. His commute is podcast time. <laughs> so you need to be able to hear things. I get it. Fair enough. He's also had a project car for the last 15 years, which has never moved under its own power. Mm-hmm. 15 years, never moved. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't tell us what that is. At least I didn't find well, it in the email. No, I've put it together. Have you, because have you extrapolated? Because his list of cars he's owned, it is yet another Celica Supra. You think it's one of the Celicas? Yes. He's had four of them. He's had multiple, and this latest one is sitting there as his ongoing project car. I'm sorry, Cam. No more Celica Supras. He's had four, and I, I, everything I extrapolate from this email, that's what's sitting on the lift. I, I guess it is. I, he's tired of waiting for the thing mm-hmm. that he needs to farm out the bodywork and paying for the car he can't drive, of course. Oh, man. And he wants a more common car. He loves to drive and being scared of breaking the car because it's prone to rust is tiring and pointless. And that is a thing. That is definitely a thing. When you're in a car that you are worried about what might happen to it outside of you every time you're driving it, that's not fun. I don't care how awesome that car is. You've ruined the experience for yourself. Maseratis have done that. They, they have done that, Although yes. it, it, I've got a real soft spot for that MC20. I know you do. You've just articulated, Cam, the reason you need to get rid of that quote-unquote project car Mm -hmm. because it's never moved and you had for 15 years. Now, here's a long list of restrictions, which means single car. His wife are thinking about moving. They would only have a single parking spot for himself. Mm -hmm. And insurance in British Columbia, he says, is bonkers. Wow. $2,000 or more per year per car can easily turn into $3,500 a year if you get a ticket or the wrong car. (laughs) Whoa. That's probably why the the Celica Super hasn't moved in 15 years because you don't want to pay the insurance. I think that's the other thing going on. Maybe it could move under its own power, but then we have to start paying more money. Yeah. It must seat four for two kids. They're one and four in car seats, and part of the commute is dropping them both at daycare. Okay. So two versus four doors, it's optional. Four is slightly better. And here's the budget. He's got $35,000 Canadian. He allows me to play with forty grand. let us just see just what's out see, there. See what's available. No convertibles. He has concluded that, that the sky is not his friend. He said, the burning <laughs> disc in the sky and I don't get along. Convertibles are just bad coops because he will only leave the top up. So that's out. Mercedes is a hard sell. He says, the badge attracts more attention at work than he wants it to. He could charge an EV. So that's not bad, but he's perfectly happy to go with internal combustion. He'd just like more than 25 miles per gallon. He does want a car. 
He doesn't want an SUV. He doesn't even want a car with SUV seating position, which is starting to happen. We're starting to see yeah. more cars where, why am I so high in this car? Because they're competing with SUVs. He is uh, 37 and 5'9", so he fits in everything. He does live in the Vancouver area. He says, we get a weekend of winter a year. Mostly it's just rain and sun. He says, we're the better Seattle. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> right, right. So he said, all-wheel drive doesn't really matter. And again, he'd love to have rear-wheel drive again. He says having aftermarket support is a plus, but not required. But Cam, I want you to get a car that you're not instantly thinking engine swap or yes. mods. It's just, guess what this does, honey? This runs. We left it as it is. Yeah. Now, the list of cars he thinks he wants also probably changes, but it's long, and he breaks it down for each car as to why he's interested. But the ones that stuck out, he did mention the Model 3, mm-hmm. but he mentions the Polestar 2. I noticed that. He's concerned how high it sits. Does it feel like an SUV? But also the G70 and the Kia Stinger, he Mm -hmm. says, the G70 looks great. It checks many boxes. Only all-wheel drive in Canada. He says it is expensive, Mm -hmm. but the Kia Stinger is a bit cheaper. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, which is interesting. Right. The Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E stuck out to me, but Mach-E's are not 40 grand. Yeah, and they do, they, they aren't car seating height. They, they do feel like the, all of the jacked up, hatchbacks that should be hatchbacks but are actually SUVs. It has that kind of ride height. So it's not really like full SUV, but it's higher than it should be. Yeah. Well, he's got the 86, new and old. Mm -hmm. But he says, just thinking about the old 86 just has him planning engine swaps. Yeah, that's I don't want to look at that. I don't want to read it because I I want something that just runs and is ready. And you... It's good enough where you don't feel like I want to throw money at it to make it better in my mind. Sure, sure, yeah. But it's not bad enough where you don't want to put money into it. Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah, it's you're a knife right. Edge. I hear you. For sure. I found it very intriguing that you like the Honda Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that he says local dealers are insane on their markup, yeah. so it's not happening. But he likes the over-the-top look. That is interesting. I hadn't really registered with that, but you're right. That is that is not something we hear often. I mean, for he, the, for the list of stuff. That's great. It's perfect. He says, perfect. Yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. I like the look. Yeah, that's but great. But the problem is that budget and... Oh, man. The dealers. He also has that car history in order. He says, does not count those four Project Celica Supras. That's unbelievable. But it's very long. But what this list has done is given you so many different driving types. Yes. That Mm -hmm. you can really focus in and probably very quickly and easily figure out, is this going to fit fit my needs? And you did mention, I think, Mercedes somewhere in here. You're not interested in Mercedes-Benz's. No, which... it's, it's the wrong impression for where he works. That's yeah. the problem. That's a bad, bad issue for I, sure. I do yeah. understand that. However, <laughs> sometimes... You're getting a Mercedes, Cam. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes you throw out all of your requirements. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, some car just fits despite the fact that you thought it didn't. Sure, it just that definitely out. happens, yeah. You know, Cam, a C7 Corvette ZR1 will scare you. It will, yes. It will also try to kill you constantly. Mm-hmm. And will not fit the kids, moment. but they will be cackling in the seat that they're sharing. But we just have to get that out of the way. <laughs> a car that will scare you is a ZR1 from yes. the C7 generation. This, this is very true. Holy moly. I want to suggest AMG to you. Mm. I'm running into a problem, though. AMG Mercedes makes so many great all-arounders. They turn SUVs and make them do things they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So they're practical and they're spacious and they're really fast. They're just expensive. It's a little bit of that Honda Civic Type R problem. 
on a you know a lesser scale. I would love it if you would consider that 2015 to 2016 AMG GLA 45 mm, because many excellent. many of them are under forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. They're smaller, but you said you have a single parking space. They're a little bit more compact. Your kids are one and four right now, so they'll fit easily. It's it goes against every single one of your requirements. <laughs> it's the opposite end, but I just say that. Just as a consideration, if you can laugh at me from afar and say, Paul, you're wrong, totally fine. But it just, it, I thought for everything you're suggesting, mm-hmm. based on everything you've had in the past, it and it's a car that you're not going to want to modify. At least I don't think so. And it's a hatch. I mean, in spite of the fact yes. it's sold as an SUV, it's a gentleman's hot hatch. It is. Yeah. I thought about Volvo and I thought about Jaguar. Those are two that I didn't see very, mm-hmm. I didn't see on your list of things you'd owned in the past or things you were really interested in. And I say that just because... It sounds like you're kind of the guy that wants to try everything yep. constantly. Yep. And there's a lot of turnover. I don't want to just say, stop the turnover and just buy one car for, for the future. And it's not going to happen. Can't Cam, never not do it again. That guy. Yeah. And so that brings me to the alpha Julia quadrifolio. Ooh, it will scare you. Mm. Either the power will scare you or the impending maintenance will scare you <laughs> either way. Right? You're on edge. Yeah. But ultimately I'm going to suggest a Panamera. For forty thousand oh, dollars, wow. can you get a Panamera? Yeah. Now it's going to be older, but definitely it's going to be older. And the power, the one you want, is going to be more expensive with the mm-hmm. kind of power that will scare you. Yes. But will it fit your fit your needs? And will it kind of be the all arounder? I was looking at Mercedes AMG. Mm-hmm. I want you to have an E sixty three S wagon. <laughs> I want that car for you. But we also would like you to have that budget, and you don't. That's yeah. the sad part. Yeah. But I'm asking, can you get a base model with three hundred horsepower V six and get a base? Panamera Mm. because Todd has had his Cayenne for a long time and they've done maintenance to it, Mm -hmm. but it's just run. And if it just runs, that's not scary. That's true. You're absolutely right. And it's still a great driving experience. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of space back there. It is four doors. I think the first generation is now kind of looking pretty good, especially for the price. It's kind of looking tasty. The the price actually makes that car more attractive. I will give you that for sure. That is definitely the case. What about a Panamera? It's no Corvette ZR1, but do you want just constant crazy power? Mm. And for the insurance part that you talked about, will an older Panamera kind of fit? I'm asking. That's good. Those are really good. I've got a few for you, Cam, because I was trying to get you into stuff you haven't experienced. Some of mine overlap with Paul's, but I'm going to stop real quick and just say, hey, Cam, <clears throat> it's intervention time. Uh, the project car needs to go. It does. And no more Celica Supras. Okay? This is our little agreement among the three of us. Yes. Just just you and me and Paul. We're just having a little pact right now. Yes. It goes out. <laughs> no more Celica Supras. You've done that. They're cool. It is time to move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're good there. All right, I can hear Cam's wife thanking, probably from afar. Uh huh. She's saying, "Thank God somebody else said it." Anyway, yeah, the Alpha Julia. I have to back up Paul's commentary there. Come on, this is the car you want. It's it's not a manual, but this is the car you want. Yeah. It's and here's the thing. I think you'd enjoy it even in the non quadrifolio form. Probably so. But yeah. it's it's very agile. It's a fantastic dad car. You've got good space. It's not something you see all the time. I get that real sense from you. You just want something. It's just that you haven't seen the turnover. Yeah. You haven't seen a thousand of them. It needs to be interesting. The Julia gets all of that done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also thought about the BMW 430 Grand Coupe with a manual. 
That's really good. Seek out one of those. You get a, you get a nice hatch. You get usable back seats that frankly don't have enough headroom, but you're hauling kids. That's really good because they were fifty ish new. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they should fall under no, forty. I've looked, by they're now. out there. They're yeah. out there. Now you got to get the manual and not have them do a. You can you can paddle shift that. No, I'm actually talking fi- seek out a manual, which is going to be a little harder to find. But get a Grand Coupe manual. BMW 430. That's really good. I it's like just that a unique lot. animal that has that hatch you don't expect. That's pretty cool because mm-hmm. it's along the lines of the Stinger, which you say you like. But here's just an alt, and nothing wrong with the Stinger or the G70. I totally agree right. with that. But right. 430 is on there for you. You keep saying that the Charger intrigues you, so I'm here to say, get a Charger if you want one. <laughs> it's it I is mean, intriguing. Can you get a Charger? How much Charger can you buy for your budget? Can you get mm-hmm. one of the nice V8s? You're not going to get a Hellcat, but they've had Hemi's in them forever. And those aren't going to have the price premium used at the Hellcats because everybody wants waiting for $35,000 Hellcats. We were there, and then the prices went up. We got to the place we had to lock our doors, mm-hmm. and then COVID sent the Hellcat prices back to where we can open our doors again. That's what's happened. But I think you could still find yourself a nice V8 charger. You're intrigued by it, so why not? And then I have a wild card. Oh, good. Okay. This is a car I don't think I've ever recommended. But I was thinking, dad car, you don't see a lot of. A Suzu Via Cross? I'm not. Uh, that would that would run well and has a good amount of power that just might scare you. Okay. The Infinity Q50 400 Red Sport. That's pretty good. Now, I don't like the steering feel because it's that it's drive steer by wire, by wire it's thing. It's it's yeah. that's I don't like that. But you never see those cars, and they are much quicker than you think. They are genuinely really fast and they have a nice luxurious alternative interior it's not the usual suspects interesting so i look if it were my money i would go julia quadrifolio over the infinity yeah yeah yeah. but if you don't like the quadrifolio or you're worried about the maintenance or or you think the infinity is intriguing that's one we don't talk about much but for your situation i'm going with the q50 red sport as the alt the total wild card you guys are awesome with questions, as always. There's a lot of them, as always, and thank you for that. I, I want to start uh, right here with a Lotus-related commentary, an epiphany related to Lotus. <laughs> I'm smiling. I saw Chase this. sent this in on Facebook. He sent a picture of the Exceed he drove. He said, hang on, I finally get it, Todd. He said, I, this weekend I drove my friend's Lotus Exceed. He describes himself as being bewitched by the car. <laughs> he said, I've been a muscle car guy. I own a 2004 GTO, which I love, but not like this. Mm. He's just discovered something totally different. He said, "I, you've been hearing me rant about it, Chase, is what's happened. I just can't stop talking about how great it is. You've driven one, and now you're kind of besieged by, oh, my gosh, I love this. The problem is um, your family friend doesn't want to sell his. You're not sure you can afford one. So you're asking, how do I get close to the Lotus feel without buying a Lotus Elise? This is a great question, That's... and I'm going to run down this a couple different ways. There are a few. Are, are there? Are there? There are any? a few options. Okay. You actually bring up Chase. You say, "What about the Boxster?" Mm-hmm. It's in the it's in the category. It's going that direction, but the Boxster is a much nicer place to be. The thing you said you really liked about the Exceed was the raw feel. A Boxster isn't raw. Now, it's the, pretty refined. The early ones, the 987s, the 986s are more raw than the current ones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, I, I would not describe that car as a raw driving experience. It's in the right, I mean, it's the right setup. It's mid-engine. It's, a lot of things about it are great. Watch our mm-hmm, cheap sports mm-hmm. car thing, but I, I don't think that's quite right. The S2000 is close. 
But the S2000 is now creeping toward Elise prices, and that's the problem with that card. I was going to have the prices be close to similar. I'd get the Elise over the S2000, but that has some of the raw feel that you're wanting. So that's in there. I also think you have to consider the Toyota MR2 Spider. That wow. is the cheap alt. Wow. Yeah. It's not yeah. as good. It's not as good, but it has the dynamics, and because it was a cheaper car and they haven't aged that well, it has all the, all the raw feel you're hoping for for a fraction of the cost. So I would say look at that as well. Alexander Shepard says, is Mazda's push up market a bad idea? Hmm. They've already solidified their position as making some of the best non-luxury vehicles, so is the move up market worth that risk? Volkswagen tried this in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello, Phaeton. Mm, oh, yeah, that that old thing. They mm-hmm. eventually did the backstroke. They reversed course. Backpedal. He fears the same thing may happen to Mazda, only they won't have the financial backing to do that and then survive. I don't think it's a bad idea. As a matter of fact, I think they will knock it out of the park, and they have every chance of pulling Lexus customers away mm. if they go up market and they people discover right. them. Yeah. But they have noticed what's going on with Genesis. Because Hyundai has killed it by stopping Genesis because mm-hmm. it was confusing. Yeah, yeah. What What is Genesis? Is it a coupe? Is it, is it a sedan? Yeah. What is yeah. this brand? And is, is it part of Hyundai? Who are you guys? They stopped everything, thought about what they wanted that brand to be, and relaunched it with a totally different set of vehicles. And here now, Genesis doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. And now it's solidifying as a luxury near luxury brand in people's minds they could do something similar although i don't recommend doing another sub brand from mazda they thought about it remember for a while what was the the amati amati or whatever it was amati yeah there you go which is a misspelling of miata yes they were going to do an alt up brand yeah they thought about that for a while but just the name alone will keep it down to earth in people's minds Mm -hmm. They have an opportunity a little bit with Kia because Kia has kind of done that. The people who've discovered Kia like them. Mm-hmm. I love that Mazda has positioned themselves already as you get so much more for your money. Yeah. But now pay a little bit extra and get a lot more is what I see Mazda's sweet spot being. Because every other luxury car manufacturer is pay a lot more and you get a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew that. But what about Mazda just easing into that? They're not going to build themselves a Phaeton equivalent. I don't see them doing that. Yeah, hopefully not. But to do to have that offering out there that mm. kind of starts to capture the Genesis market or the low-end Lexus market, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Olin asks, how do you convince your significant other that three cars could be better than two? He said, right now, we have a Tiguan family car and a 911 do-everything fun car that can also haul the kids. But his point is, for the price of a 911... We could split that car into a dedicated weekend track car, an even more focused thing. He brings up the Elise or the Miata, and then buy a fun city commuter like a Fiat 500 or maybe even a 500E, mm-hmm. he brings up, mm-hmm. as something that works for the commute, and still they can walk away with cash. How does this work? First off, Olin, if, if the money part of the equation isn't the big convincing here, you've lost a good tactic, because I think the best way that this makes sense is if it actually does save you money. Mm. Now, the big question I don't know is how much really dedicated fun driving is the 911 getting? If you use it as a daily, you haul kids with it, it's it's the alt car to the Tiguan, but then you don't really go for weekend drives and you don't really go to the track. 
are you going to if you have a track for those things? If you have a car for those things, are you going to go to the track because you now have a track car? Mm-hmm. Or is that? Or maybe that's keeping you from going. You don't want to take the 911, so you would do fun drives. The cool thing here, hopefully, to convince your wife is that if you get three cars, you can have a special occasion car. Because the 911, if some people, is a special occasion car, but you're also kind of using it as a daily so you could have a fun little two-seater that the two of you just get to enjoy. That's the date night car. Mm. It's the I'm going to mm. go for a fun drive car. I'm going to take one of the kids, and we're going to have a dad and son or dad and daughter day in the fun car. It can become a special event in and of itself. This is what I've so enjoyed with the Elise and my son or the Elise and my wife. It'd be cool if the three of us go out in the Elise. That will never happen. So we have these these paired moments that are really, really fun. You and your wife could have, I'm just throwing it out there, you buy a cheap Boxster. You get rid of your 911, you buy a cheap Boxster and a nice commuter. Sounds pretty good to me. You get a Mazda 3 hatch. Sure. And a nice older Boxster and you walk away with money left over from your 911. And now, here's the other thing. If the kids get sick in the back of the Mazda 3, bummer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it didn't happen in the 911. <laughs> if the dog right, gets right. hair all over the Mazda 3, okay, but then, you know what, honey, tonight, Friday night, we're going to go out. Let's hop in the Boxster, just you and me. Let's get a babysitter. Let's put the, the kids with the grandparents, whatever. Let's just go out, you and me. That's the thing I think is if, if the money equation isn't working, what about the special occasion? Bitter Car Guy says, which are we more excited to drive, the Maserati MC20 or the Ferrari 296 GTB? Mm. The GTB was recently announced, and it is a hybrid. It's a 120-degree V6. The, the V mm-hmm. is 120 degrees. Mm-hmm. And the turbochargers fit right up in that V. It makes a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And I will admit that it is very intriguing to drive because, kind of for the first time ever, Ferrari has put on their website, fun to drive. Well, isn't that the point of all mm-hmm. of the company? Mm-hmm. All of them should be fun to drive. You want a Ferrari <laughs> because it's fun to drive. And they're just not. You should, yeah. And I'm not looking forward to Ferraris just because of the snobbery, just because of the, the distant, we're over here and you guys are way over there. And there's just this disconnect between, for me now, as, a, as an enthusiast, just to aspire to own one. Mm-hmm. I want kind of the mid-90s cars. I like the V12, 550, you know, I still like that. But it has always seemed like we're going farther and farther into the weeds of just collectors and we buy them and they sit and then you trade mm. it and they're, they're almost pointless. But the 296, that's kind of interesting. And you, Ferrari, you put fun to drive, and it's a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and hopefully not quite costing quite so much. A little bit less power, less everything, and that's kind of interesting. They're looking at it as more of an entry car, which is not something that Ferrari typically puts right. their best foot forward. Right. It's, it's the entry of the brand, enter the brand car, and it's always okay. It's the leftovers. But to have an enter the yeah. brand car that is underneath the banner of have fun... That's intriguing. It looks really great. It does look good. It's clean and simple. I think those surfaces are going to age wonderfully as a modern example of just beautiful Italian design. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm looking forward to it, but I will admit that I have this massive soft spot for the MC20. Mm, I know you do. And I like it because of its elegance and Maserati seems like they're doing their own thing separate from parent Ferrari. Mm -hmm. They're over here redefining their own thing with that new engine and it looks great, and it looks classy. I think it's going to be the equivalent of the the first McLaren, oh. the 12C. Oh, sure. When it came back on the market, yeah. it's just clean and classy looking, mm-hmm. not too not too much going on. People just want them. I, that's a tough one. But because Maserati is so intriguing to me now, yeah. it's just doing their own thing, 
I'll take Maserati first, but that 296 might make me love Ferrari again. Parker Singleton says, if you have a budget of 45 to 50, I, I get the impression that Parker has this budget, and you would like to, <laughs> what, what would you look at first? He's coming out of a high-power front-engine rear-wheel drive car, in his case, a Mustang GT. So if he's a Mustang GT owner, and he's shopping for something new, 45 to 50K, here's the options he lists. What do, you, what do we think is best? 400Z, New Supra, GR86, or Shelby GT350. Look, the Shelby GT350 is very cool. We've spoken about it positively many, many times. It is too similar to your Mustang GT. It's out. Mm. The GR86 is a totally different feel. But if you are, the way you list this, coming out of high-power front-engine rear-wheel drive, I think you're going to be disappointed to not have more power. I would love for you to have that experience. It's very different, but I think it's going to disappoint you with the step-down. You need to drive, it's not even out yet, the 400Z and the Supra and see which one you prefer because they are so similar in basic idea to your Mustang GT. It's approximately this big. It takes two people. Well, okay, two plus two in the Mustang, but you follow me. It has around three, 400 horsepower. It's a very similar recipe at the broad highlight strokes, but then it gets very different. Both of those cars, the 400Z or the Super, would give you a much more interesting, different experience than you've had so far. However, if you really want a different experience, you need to shop mid-engine. That's the big shift. If you're staying front engine, I say 400Z or Supra, but what about a lease? What about a Cayman? Alex HC09 says, what car is a sheep in wolf's clothing? I saw this. In other words, what is a car that looks faster than it actually is? <laughs> well, here's an SUV. It's that Dodge Durango RT. It's got a V8. Mm. It's not quite as fast as the specs would or Or that it sounds. It to be. Yeah, it sounds really fast. And it feels good. It feels good. I would also say the Alfa Romeo 4C. It's kind of fast, mm-hmm. but it's not a wow car. Well, but here's the thing. The Elise... Looks like a rocket ship. I've told the joke before. About yeah. it. Does it have a V10? No, it doesn't have a V10. It has a V12. I was by far the least powerful car on the track. Wasn't the slowest car on the track, thankfully, but by far the least powerful. So the, the Lotus is not that fast if you're measuring just fast metrics. But I actually think the winner here is the first Gen 86. Okay. That yeah, car yeah, yeah, looks yeah, yeah. fast. It looks like it should be fast. It's not fast. And because it's not, I think a lot of people wrote it off. But it looks like uh, that's a sports car. Cutler Collins says, what's the best way to save up for a car? (laughs) We could dive into the budget. We could break it down by spreadsheet. But I think it's a little pile of cash in Mm. your house somewhere. (laughs) I think it's a pile of cash. You've got a mattress plan for him. I love it. That's funny. At least that would get you towards the start of the down payment. Mm. How about that? And you empty your wallet. You've got some cash in there because you know, I can't touch this. This is going to car. And you you have to be honest with yourself. Mm. You cannot touch it because I just need that 20 bucks to pay my friend back for the whatever. Mm -hmm. You got to keep that as your your secret little stash. It just grows. And you tuck a 20 in there. Whenever you go to the ATM and you pull out cash, get an extra 20 and just tuck it away and put it in there. That thing is going to grow pretty quick. It's true. I, I'll, I'll go to the digital version of that, Paul. You know what you could do? You could actually possibly create a checking account and do an automatic set up an automatic transfer that just spits an amount of money to that checking. You could account, do that as well. That savings account all the time. So it so you never even, if you will, know it's there. Sure. You're just, it's, sure. It's feeding that account steadily. Don't know how much you can put toward it, but you could do it that way too. It just pulls it, and you don't even mm-hmm. know it. Yep. 
Why is why does my budget not balance? Where did my money go? <laughs> what happened here? Again, not a financial podcast. Nate M has a question for you about movies. Oh. What's your favorite bad movie that's still really entertaining to watch? Oh gosh. Is this like a guilty pleasure kind of a movie? You know, I really enjoyed sorry, I had to jump to Stallone because I know how much you really like it. <laughs> Stallone's you know, mine. Anything I, Stallone. I really genuinely enjoyed the movie Cliffhanger, even though when it what? came out I was incredibly into climbing and had to laugh at how incredibly awful and inaccurate it was in many, many places, but yet it was still incredibly fun. It's I need to like watch it did, again. It's almost like they didn't consult any actual climbers. There were some. Well, here's the thing. Ron Kauk, who was an amazing climber still, but, but he's just an older guy now. He was one of the best climbers in the world. He was the double for Stallone, which is funny. He was? But yes, which is funny because he's taller than Stallone. <laughs> and if you've ever seen a climber, they aren't thick people. They're, They're not very thin short, people. squat, wide so, people. So yeah. he is, now he was ripped, so that kind of worked. But yeah, <laughs> there's that as well. But that movie, you know what? I, I've, I don't even know how many times I saw that movie. I've seen that movie a lot. I should show it to Bodhi because he would really enjoy it. <laughs> it is genuinely bad, but at the same time, I still enjoyed it. Oh, man. Well, I've got a watch question from Travels with George Day. With prices at very high levels in the secondary market for watches, you're not wrong. Am I looking at doing any consolidations or upgrades in the collection uh, wow, I I'm just enjoying what I've got right now. I yeah. I added a Casio G Shock for ninety two dollars on Amazon. Woo! And it's blue, and it replaced my other watch that was lost mm-hmm. back in gosh twenty seventeen when we had that uh, the yeah, theft of all that stuff. Yeah. It just yeah it replaced it for when we're out on shoots. It's just a knock around watch, and I I just like it. Damn it, Patton is back because he didn't attend the Utah meetup, and he's asking. How did we feel about that format? You heard the last podcast where we talked about it. Do we think this will be a format going forward? You know what? The big discussion that we've had internally is what would the route be? And part of my instinct is ain't broke, don't fix it, because the route was awesome. Sure. But I think this is kind of feels like the new way to do the Utah meetup, I feel like. Even if we did the same route every year, it was really, really fun. I think we'll continue to do those drop-in, come-to-what-you-can meetups elsewhere in the country, because that seems to work out logistically. But since this is our home backyard turf... I think it'd be really cool to continue to do a once a year, come drive with us for a couple of days because the roads were, it was epic. The, the thing we talked about, you heard it on the last podcast, but I'm still marveling at it. We had this route we built and we were all pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there were a couple sections where it's just like, well, okay, but from here to here, we just we just got to get miles done and hopefully people aren't bored. To get to the you know. next beautiful spot. And then those yeah. sections were good too. Yeah, they were. It, we got in them, we're like, I didn't, because there were the sections we actually hadn't driven, but we just yeah. were connecting dots from the great stuff, you know, and they were still good. It was great. Guys, appreciate all your questions. We thank you so much. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And the Utah meetup is in the books for this year. Can't believe it. That's amazing. But we're already working on season 10 Mm -hmm. for TV and lots more to come. We appreciate you following along and being with us. Cheers, everyone.